President Trump's other arguments for reversal ignore the constitutional role of the states in running presidential elections. Under Article 2 and the 10th Amendment, states have the power to ensure that their citizens' electoral votes are not wasted on a candidate who is constitutionally barred from holding office. States are allowed to safeguard their ballots by excluding those who are underage, foreign-born, running for a third presidential term, or as here, those who have engaged in insurrection against the Constitution in violation of their oath. This is Jason Murray, the attorney arguing for Anderson, one of the plaintiffs in the Colorado case that says Trump is ineligible to be on the ballot because he participated in an insurrection, he is covered under an office of the United States, and he did swear an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, although most of that is all uncertain at this point. But his claim is simple. If it's true that for example, a candidate comes forward that is 25 years old and wants to be president. This secretary of state in Colorado would say, no, 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 you can't be on the ballot. If somebody else comes forward and says, you know, hey, I want to be uh, president, but I was born in Mexico. No, 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 you didn't, you did not get to be on the ballot. Somebody else comes forward that has already been president twice. You know, if, uh, I don't know, George W. Bush decides to run for a third term, Colorado, the secretary of state would say, no, you can't do that. Not allowed. And the argument by Colorado is this is just like that. This is a disqualification from office. Therefore, we've taken him off the ballot. The problem is it's not an automatic disqualification because the very provision in Article 3 or Section 3 of the 14th Amendment says that Congress can vote by a two-thirds majority to allow you to serve. And there were many former Confederates that Congress allowed to serve in various capacities. It wasn't an always 100%. And so there is a matter of possibility that, for example, Trump could be on the ballot, Trump could get elected. Trump could, you know, then you could have Congress say, we choose to allow him. And he'd be in. And so it is inappropriate for the Colorado government to preemptively disqualify President Trump with no remedy from the ballot on the basis of a criteria for which he might later turn out to be okay to be on the ballot. And that's why you don't have individual states making this decision. You allow Congress to make this decision. It's supposed to be a federal decision, not the implementation is everything here. Justice Thomas? What was the purpose of uh, of Section 3? Uh, States were sending people uh, that the concern was that the former Confederate states would continue being bad actors. And the effort was to prevent them from doing this. And you're saying that, well, this also authorized states to disqualify candidates. Right. It was meant to be a punishment against the southern states. It was meant to protect and like cordon them off from their ability to mess up the future of American government. And here we have, in a bizarre twist, Colorado is trying to use the 14th Amendment to affirm a state power that it was specifically supposed to deprive the states of under the 14th Amendment. They all talk about, of course, the conflict after the Civil War, and there were people who felt very strongly about uh, retaliating against the South, the radical Republicans. Uh, But they did not think about authorizing the South to disqualify national candidates. And that's the argument you're making. You basically could have, if this were true, you could have had southern states disqualify people 
just because they don't like them or anyone individually disqualify people and a couple of states pull you off the ballot, you might lose the whole election, right? Justice John Roberts, the Chief Justice. I mean, the whole point of the 14th Amendment was to restrict state power, right? States uh, shall not abridge privileges immunity. They won't deprive people of property without due process. Um, they won't deny uh, equal protection. And on the other hand, it augmented federal power under Section 5. Congress has the power to enforce it. So wouldn't that be the last place that you'd look for authorization for the states, including Confederate states, uh, to enforce, implicitly authorized, to enforce the presidential election process? That, that seems to be a position that is at, uh, at war with the whole thrust of the 14th Amendment and very ahistorical. And ahistorical—when the Chief Justice tells you that you're violating the spirit of the 14th Amendment and your argument doesn't have any basis in history, it's over. <laughs> so if you ask me my read, having listened to the full two hours yesterday and thought through all of the implications— I think the Supreme Court's going to strike this down probably 9 to 0, maybe 8 to 1 or 7 to 2. But when Elena Kagan and Ketanji Brown Jackson and even Sotomayor, although more so KJB and, 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 and um, Elena Kagan, are asking questions sympathetic to the Trump side of Jason Murray, the argue, the uh, lit- you know the attorney for the plaintiffs. Uh, well, it's actually the respondents in this case, but don't worry about it. For the people who want to take Trump off the ballot, I mean, it's over. So I think this is going to be clear, decisive, and fairly sh- soon, I would think. 616 here on News Radio 923. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake. Well, we're still looking good around town. I 10 and I 110 are at posted speeds. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre. I'm not seeing any accidents reported there. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90, you're clear all the way through Pace and on the curve to Scenic into town. And Highway 29 south through Cantonment and Inslee, we're looking good there as well. If you do see anything out there slowing us down, let us know. 437 1620. I'm Jake Walker. Traffic on the fives. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru in Pensacola. Your road to adventure starts with the 2024 Subaru Outback and the 2024 Subaru Forester. Both come standard with symmetrical all-wheel drive for confidence along the way. The Subaru Outback, according to Kelly Blue Book, is one of the best family cars of 2023. And according to Auto Trader and my good friend Max here, the Subaru Forester is one of the 2023 best cars for dog lovers. For information on all the awards and accolades from Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader on the Subaru brand, the Subaru Outback, and the Subaru Forester, visit kellybluebookkbb.com and autotrader.com. Whether you're a Forester family or an Outback family, your road to adventure starts in a Subaru from Anderson Subaru. Go where love takes you. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company Incorporated. Auto Trader is a registered trademark and used with permission. Hey there, home buyers and sellers. I'm Will. And I'm Angela. With, with Canel and Company Realty, your dynamic real estate duo. We're not just realtors, we're real estate MVPs. With a game plan tailored to your needs, we'll score you the home of your dreams. Whether it's finding the perfect starter home or selling to upgrade, your goals are our goals, and we'll make sure you come out on top. So when it comes to real estate, trust us at BuySellCanel.com. That's BuySellCanel.com. As a mom, comforting my family is what I do best. Vicks Vapor Stick provides soothing, non-medicated Vicks Vapors in an easy-to-apply stick. And it dries fast, so there's no mess. I use it to comfort myself. <sighs> And my family. 
Thanks, Mom. Vicks VapoStick, soothing comfort for the whole family. And when you need more comfort for yourself, try Vicks Vapo Shower for steamy Vicks Vapors. Use is directed. VapoStick for use ages 4 and up. Vapo Shower use for adults only. Resetting your password. Unsubscribing from emails. Printing anything. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Ask Rushing Insurance in Pensacola and Daphne if auto owners make sense for you. Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings before pep talk on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today For the transgressor's memorial service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew remembering those who we have lost. Our first remembrance is for former Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed due to her bungling of a simple question on the steps of the Florida State Supreme Court this week. The court was hearing oral arguments over the proposed ballot initiative that would create a constitutional right to abortion on demand for any reason prior to viability and for any health-related reason thereafter, a right we, of course, support wholeheartedly. Whose ovaries? Our ovaries. But after the court session, a reporter asked Nikki whether a trans woman can be pregnant. Here's how she answered. One of the other major issues that the legislature has been dealing with is the issue of transgenderism and LGBTQ rights. Um, would you say that uh, a transgender woman could uh, give birth or, or, or uh, get an I, abortion? I, I am not a doctor. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Now, I'm sure that many of you at first thought this was a good answer, deftly trying to evade the clear setup this so-called reporter was trying to lay for the leader of the Florida Democratic Party. But no, dear Otherin, this was a total failure. Precisely because she said the question was complicated when it isn't. Of course trans women can be pregnant. They're women. Just ask them. And since being a woman includes the ability to be pregnant, the short answer is yes. Our entire view is based on the idea that what you believe about your body is the truth about your body, regardless of what your body can actually do. So even if a trans woman still has male reproductive organs and XY chromosomes, if she believes she can be pregnant, of course she can. These questions are not about biological facts, but about biological beliefs. And in implying that there's any unclarity here, Nikki missed the whole point. It doesn't take being a doctor to know something that every seven-year-old who has passed gender identity re-education phases one through three can tell you. But there would have been an even better answer than her ill-conceived medical evasion. What she should have said was, how dare you imply that womanhood is defined by gestational capacity? Women are more than just baby ovens, and our ovaries are not our identities. Had she replied this way, and with the right level of indignation, and thrust the bigotry back in the face of this would-be gotcha journalist, perhaps she could have made him rethink his life choices a little bit. So sorry, Nikki Freed, but your answer got it wrong and missed an opportunity. Your virtue signal was weak, and we cast thee out. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, Stanley Cups. Following the recent disclosure that some children are being marginalized in school based on their failure to have genuine Stanley drink containers. As one very concerned mom on TikTok explained, 
This is the cup that we got our daughter for Christmas. This is not a Stanley. This is a 9.98 Walmart cup that she said she thought was cute. She is nine years old. But unfortunately for her daughter, she had to go to school with the Stanley Mean Girls. On the second day back to school after Christmas break, she comes home. She's not crying, she's just upset. The girls, all the other girls in her grade, all got Stanleys for Christmas. And they made sure to let her know that this is not a real Stanley, that this is fake and it's not as cool. Obviously you can feel her pain. Suddenly this lovely, well-adjusted, middle-class white girl was forced to feel inadequate and disfavored, all on the basis of what, a drink holder? No, this just will not do. The star-bellied Stanley Cup Sneetches must not be allowed to look down upon the Sneetches who do not have Stanley Cups upon bars. But as we have warned you time and time again, this is what you get from capitalism. Different people pursuing different occupations, making more and less money, and spending that money on different things creates just the right environment in which comparisons and judgments are made between otherwise unsuspecting young girls. Greed, envy, exclusion, resentment, marginalization, cool kids and uncool kids carving up the world on the basis of their petty socioeconomic status symbols. That's the wicked fruit of the free market. There are only two solutions to this problem. Solution number one is to ban Stanley Tumblers altogether. We like this approach because banning is kind of our thing. Solution number two is to establish the Insulated Container Equality in Drinks Upliftment Project, or ICED UP and fully funded at taxpayer expense so that every American child can have the Stanley Cup of their choice. We also like this approach because tax and spend projects are also kind of our thing. We dream of a world where children are judged not by the color of their Stanley, but by the contents therein. And we must bend the arc of the moral universe toward this future of true Stanley quality. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, Santa Rosa County Commissioner James Calkins, who this week brought forward his proposal to spend taxpayer money on constructing the largest flag in the entire state of Florida for a whopping $150,000 at first and up to $30,000 a year thereafter. Can you believe the audacity of someone wanting to waste the people's money on such a ridiculous display of sheer bald-faced pro-American jingoism? First of all, that money could be much better spent on so many other things, such as a 13% down payment on the single traffic light at Stewart and Magnolia, which will cost around $1.3 million. The county could invest in affordable housing and buy half of a small house for some deserving citizen. Heck, we could use it to repave 900 feet of Woodbine Road. And just think of the civic pride people would have knowing that they got one-eighth of a traffic light or one-half of a house or even one-fifth of a mile of street repaved instead of a one-of-a-kind inspirational symbol. But of course, even if it were free or funded voluntarily, we would still oppose it because just think of what it stands for. Some giant reinforcement of the greatness of America that will puff up the citizens in pride for their horrible country that was built on racism and sexism? Why would we want people to be inspired by this nationalistic symbol of oppression and injustice? Do the people of Santa Rosa County or all travelers through our area really need to be momentarily misled into having positive thoughts for these United States of America? Certainly not. And besides, just think of all the other terrible monoliths to American greatness that were erected with squandered taxpayer money. The Washington Monument cost over $37 million in today's dollars, and can you really say that has done anything positive for our country? The St. Louis Arch cost $130 million in today's dollars, and certainly that money could have been better spent on something more important. 
And one of the most disgusting wastes of public money ever was surely the vanity project of Mount Rushmore, which cost more than $19 billion in today's money. And just think of how much better off we'd be without that silly set of face carvings on a remote Dakota mountain. No, Mr. Calkins, your ridiculous election year stunt will do nothing but inspire people with awe and make them feel good about this terrible country. How dare you? Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. As you depart today, please stop by the protest tent in the foyer to collect your fava beans for this Sunday's Super Bowl. As an act of protest against the barbaric carnivorosity of this annual exercise in gluttony, we are spreading the gospel of nutritious beans in an effort to reduce the needless deaths of billions of chickens who will be murdered needlessly to produce drumettes and flats for Sunday's buffalo platters. Nameless, faceless chickens. What a foul endeavor. Refreshments this week are provided by Two Heads Are Better Than One, the insect-based aphrodisiac paste created entirely from the rare Siamese locusts of the western banks of the Chattahoochee River, rumored to be one of the seven great sources of the Peach State's high rate of illegitimacy. Like they always say, if you can't beat them, can join them. And now, brethren, sistren, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. 627 News Radio 92.3. Jake's got traffic for us. <laughs> I, really, I was really proud of him. If you can't beat him, can join him. <laughs> that was, yeah. yeah. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, I-10 and I-110 this morning are checking in clear. If you're on Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre, I don't see anything slowing us down there. Highway 29 south through Cantonment coming into town. We're looking good there as well. Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. I, I just I just know that there are people who've been listening to the show all week and heard the third transgressors on the flag and are like, Wait, so what do you believe? <laughs> good, good, good. Steve Taylor's in the newsroom with our headlines. Steve? Well, good morning and happy Friday. A State Department spokesman yesterday said an Israeli ground operation in the Gaza city of Rafah would be a disaster, and Washington has yet to see any evidence of serious planning for the attack. Rafah is a major entry point for humanitarian aid in Gaza. President Biden says Israel's uh, military response in Gaza has been over the top. He spoke to reporters at the White House yesterday, and he says he was seeking a sustained pause in the Gaza war after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rejected a ceasefire proposal from Hamas. Ford Motor Company is getting rid of its driver-assisted parallel parking feature on the new vehicles. Officials say very few people are using it, and they're removing the feature. It's going to save the company $10 million. Auto forecast solution Sam Fiorani applauded the move by Ford, saying self-parking is difficult to use and it could be a hassle to figure out how to use it. I use a technology of mirrors and turning my head. Yeah, <laughs> the old technology of learn how to drive, silly per- silly person. Right. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for the update. Hey, if you um you have a project you got to work on, especially this weekend, I mean, before the Super Bowl, uh, you got to you know repair something in your house or you're in an ongoing project like a big thing or remodel or maybe even you build things for a living, Pensacola Hardware. I mean, they're just fantastic. They have great advice. They have all the stuff you need. You won't have to go looking all around for it. And if you ask, they will know. You know, you're not going to ask them and stump them, okay? They've been doing this a long time. The institutional knowledge there is 
unparalleled. The business has been around since 1851, the oldest in the entire state of Florida. So they know how to build things and to help you build things better. That's what you get when you go there is quality products and fantastic advice and service. Pensacola Hardware right downtown at 20 East Gregory, the oldest business in the entire state of Florida. Steve Taylor, have your local news coming up next, and we'll be talking to Alex Andrade after the break. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. A special counsel report on President Biden's mishandling of classified documents puts a spotlight on his memory, calling it faulty with significant limitations. The president took issue with that at a White House news conference, then referred to Egypt's president as the president of Mexico, talking about Israel's war with Hamas and Gaza. The president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. His attorneys write in a letter to special counsel Robert Hur. we do not believe that the report's treatment of President Biden's memory is accurate or appropriate. Former President Trump was in Nevada caucuses. You need leadership, and this country does not have leadership. It has no idea what's happening. It's lost its way. It's a failing nation, and we're not going to have a failing nation much longer. Main competition for the Republican Nomination there in Nevada, Nikki Haley did not compete in the caucuses. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning and happy Friday. It's 631, 61 degrees and cloudy right now. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Milton's new city manager has had enough of the drama. News Radio's Joe Ford has more. This week, Scott Collins submitted a brief letter of resignation saying his last day of work will be Friday, February 23rd. His letter didn't specify any reasons. Collins started with the city on October 2nd after a saga that saw him being offered the job, withdrawing from consideration, and then reaching out to the city again to express his continued interest. Infighting between council members and Mayor Heather Lindsay was a constant theme, both in contract negotiations and during his brief tenure. Back in December, Collins said he would not renew his contract with the city after receiving criticism from the mayor for scheduling a public meeting with Senator Doug Broxson to discuss the creation of the Regional Utility Authority in the county. The city council meets on Tuesday. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. Escambia County Commissioners will continue discussions with Beulah Town Center LLC over the possible sale of 290 acres of the OLF8 property in Beulah. District 1 Commissioner Jeff Bagash says their revised offer for $20 million was a step in the right direction, but there's still work to be done. Meanwhile, an offer this week from Precision Capital was dead on arrival. I don't think it's a serious offer. It's completely 100% out of step with the master plan. It loads up the field with a bunch of single-family residences, houses, no area for job growth. Uh, Bergash says that the Beulah Town Center LLC has been willing to abide by the master plan, but wants a shorter due diligence period and a larger good-faith deposit. State Senator Doug Broxson is reacting to the troubling details revealed in the Town of Century's latest audit done by the state. The audit of the 2021-22 fiscal year shows a deficit of over $4.5 million, $2.7 million from the general fund, and $1.9 million in the natural gas fund. The council needs to put together a task force to go and talk to the county and say, look, we've got a problem, we need help. And then let the people of Escambia County vote to see if they want to take on the burden. Broxon tells Channel 3 the town is basically bankrupt. The audit says the town has been plagued by a lack of short and long-term financing planning and improper cash management activities. Santa Rosa County officials are advising that drivers can expect temporary lane closures on the Navarre Beach Bridge soon. The uh, county, uh, my computer is scrolling away, 
Okay, back to the story. Uh, the bridge will have, uh, we're talking about the Navarre Beach Bridge, will have temporary lane closures from Tuesday, February the 13th through Thursday the 15th, so routine inspections can take place on that bridge. County officials stress that motorists should use caution when driving through the posted work zones. Let's check our forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We will have a cloudy day today with a 20% chance of a stray shower. High near 69 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 62. Warm weather for the weekend, 70 degrees on Saturday with a 30% chance of a stray shower. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 64. For Sunday, showers and thunderstorms possible, especially late in the day, 60% chance of rain. High near 71 Sunday with a low near 63. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEART. TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. Right now, let's check in with Jake Walker for traffic on the fives. This traffic report is brought to you by Knox Pest Control. I'm not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to report to you this morning. I-10 and I-110 look like they're at posted speeds. Highway 98 westbound and eastbound through Navarre and Gulf Breeze. We're looking good there. Highway 29 south through Cantonment is accident-free. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90 through Pace, I don't see anything slowing you down. If you do see anything out there, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That's 437-1620. Knox Pest Control, their family serving your family since 1929. For information on a free pest or termite quote, visit knoxpest.com. Knox knocks them out. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks, Jake. Right now, it's uh, getting light outside. 61 degrees in Pensacola, 60 in Gulf Breeze, and 57 in Milton at 635. The next news is at 7, breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Dom Savino with Your Money Now. For the first time in five years, PepsiCo has reported a decline in revenue. The food and beverage giant says demand in North America weakened last quarter, due in part to high borrowing costs and lower personal savings, which are limiting household budgets. PepsiCo's leading loser in North America was its Quaker products after the company recalled granola bars and cereals over possible salmonella contamination. Turns out it's not just Boeing struggling with production delays. Reuters reports Airbus is telling airlines about a new supply issue, which will push back some deliveries scheduled for the end of the year and early next year. Speakers at a global airline conference last week said supplies of engines and other parts remain tight. On Wall Street, futures are slightly higher as we await the Labor Department's annual revisions of the Consumer Price Index. Traders will parse the updated data for clues on whether inflation continues on a downward trend. That's your money now. Valentine's Day is here. This year, give the ultimate gift. Name a star after your sweetheart. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For 45 years, we've named millions of stars for celebrities, dignitaries, and individuals worldwide. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can give the most memorable gift. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Valentine's Day is here. This year, give the ultimate gift. Name a star after your sweetheart. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For 45 years, we've named millions of stars for celebrities, dignitaries, and individuals worldwide. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can give the most memorable gift. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. 
Hey, this is Dr. Ben McMillan. I do a show on the Pensacola Expert Panel. We talk about your health problems. Let me educate you about the Activator Method of Adjusting, which offers a safe and effective alternative to traditional manual adjustments. So whether you've been hurt in a car accident or been suffering from back or neck pain, chiropractic care could be your solution and not just a temporary fix. Join me this morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Delicious seafood is what you'll find at David's Catfish House. David's Catfish serves only the best Mississippi catfish, fresh Gulf seafood, and delicious homemade sides. Weekday specials include two times Tuesday, six free shrimp added to the six-piece dinner. Wednesdays offer lunch basket specials and everyone's favorite Shrimp-tastic Thursday, five bucks off all-you-can-eat shrimp. Serving fresh seafood daily. Visit David's Catfish House on Dogwood Drive in Milton and New Warrington Road in Pensacola. See you at David's. Hey, Pensacola, get ready for a midday delight that will have you hooked. Weekdays from 11 until 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins are the dynamic trio that will keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud during your lunch break. They dish out the hottest topics, bring you the latest news, and deliver their unique blend of humor and insight that will have you coming back for more. It's the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show on News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. while that's the good stuff way to dip into the old school semi-white rap 639 here on news rate i mean i don't know what you call the beastie boys but they're not in a category not really all right low and slow uh slow and low excuse me that is the which way which way is it slow and low right oh my god it's been so long since i've heard license ill um all right we got alex andrade he is our state representative for district two the southern half of scambia county and the waterfront portions on the south of uh santa rosa county alex welcome back to the show sir Hey, good morning, Andrew. And did you did you hear that President Biden has been kind of shocked this morning by the reaction to his press conference last night? I I did. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not surprising. I, I was uh, I, it was just kind of funny to 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 see the reports that he didn't remember having a press conference last night. <laughs> All right. All right. How long have you been letting that one simmer? <laughs> Oh, I woke up and thought it was it was topical. Yeah, it, no, it's um, uh, I uh, let's move on. Um, no, because it's just, I mean, if the if I said this before, but if the press conference was meant to reassure us about his mental acuity, well, mission not accomplished. Um, you can't say my right. memory's great and then in the same press conference commit at least two significant memory gaffes. But you know, we'll just. Move on. Yeah. Um, you guys, uh, no session today, I think, but session yesterday, and you guys were voting on lots of appropriations measures. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, what we've done is put ourselves in a position to um, be prepared for whatever we start negotiating with the Senate on the budget, meaning we've passed our, our budget as the House. It just looks very different than the budget in the Senate. Um, so we went through session like uh, any other session. We presented the budget because the budget's so big it's essentially like one bill the appropriations chair presents it in general and then each subcommittee appropriations chair presents their portion of the budget answers questions on that debates if there's any attempted amendments um and then on the second day we debate on the the bill itself and we voted on it and so yesterday we uh 
we voted on the budget, and then we also did a couple, you know, bills that related to the budget um, and needed to go along with the budget this year if we wanted to pass. Got it. And I have I have made the mistake of one time in the past trying to watch some of the budget session. Oh. <laughs> it's, I know it's the stuff that matters, but it is also the hardest stuff to continue to stay interested in. Um, so tell us uh, big highlights, things that we need to know to understand the budget uh, this year from the House perspective. Well, I mean, from from the portion of the budget that I presented, um, you know, I have a $19.9 billion proposed budget in my silo, you know, $100 million for the Florida State Guard, uh, $483 million for more ha- affordable housing initiatives, uh, $40 million for arts and culture grant funding, you know, $17 million for, for libraries and, and library support, um, $14.4 billion for uh, the Florida Department of Transportation, you know, work program, and then I think about 275 to 300 million dollars in legislative special projects. What was so the number for the uh, for the F dot work program? 14.4 billion. Yeah, that's with a B. That's an extra set of zeros on that number. <laughs> so, is that how does that compare to last year's uh, F dot budget? Um, it's it's similar. The only difference is last year with moving Florida forward, we also did about four billion dollars in general revenue on top of the work program. Okay. Um, so like think like seventeen billion overall, eighteen billion overall. Okay. Um, this year uh, for moving Florida forward, they only asked for I think it was about four hundred and fifty million dollars in general revenue tacked on. So um, that's separate. That's not in like a our spreadsheet. That's like a fund in fund transfer. Um, so you won't see that on a spreadsheet and it won't actually look, it won't appear in the overall number on the budget, but it is money being shifted around, um, to go, uh, towards road projects and road construction this year. I know one of the things that, uh, you know, you were working on, uh, I guess where there were some local bills for fire districts, right? Yeah. Um, there's three local bills for, um, uh, fire districts in Santa Rosa County changing how they collect revenue from ad valorem um, taxes, like the in the millage rate to non-ad valorem fee assessments, and those passed their second committee. Um, we're still discussing with the fire districts the precise dollar amount to to uh, assess those fees so that they don't lose revenue in the process of shifting from ad valorem to not ad valorem. But it's got they've got one more committee stop, and then they'll be ready to be, you know voted on on the floor isn't there also and I, I apologize i haven't been tracking this all that closely there was a um uh, one of the bills that was meant to be i think it was the limit on ad valorem taxes or the homestead exemption raise or something one of these bills that got morphed into a study on doing away with ad valorem taxes entirely in the state and moving instead to something akin to a consumption or a vat tax or something like that do i do, do i recall that correctly is that something that the house is still working on yeah, no, um, there's, uh, I forget who the House member is, but, um, yeah, we, there's a, a bill this year, a proposal to, um, study doing away with property taxes. And to be honest, I'd be, I'd be happy, happy if we were able to come up with a plan, um, that would shift us to that. I think a consumption tax tax is much more fair. And I do want to, it would be, it would be great on principle to get to a point where you could outright own your land instead of rent it from the government for your entire life. I 
could not agree with you more emphatically. I have, you know, all forms of tax have, you struggle to justify every form of taxation. The one you struggle to justify the most is property taxation. It's the one that makes the least sense, carries the least philosophical justification, involves the greatest violations of principles that I hold dear. And if we could, I mean, the fact that we don't have an income tax thrills me every time I think about it. If we could become a state that has neither an income tax nor a property tax, oh my God, I would be bragging about Florida everywhere I go. With So, Yes, please. <laughs> Figure this out and make it happen if it's possible to do. Uh, we're talking to Alex Andrade, our state representative for District 2. Hold on for just a second, Alex. We're going to get traffic on the fives with Jake. This traffic report brought to you by Indeed.com. I'm not seeing any major accidents or slowdowns to report to you this morning. It uh, looks like I-10 and 110 or uh, at posted speeds. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is good. And uh, Highway 29 south through Cantonment is accident-free. Make the hiring process work for you with Indeed's end-to-end hiring solution. You can attract, interview, and hire candidates all all from one place. Start at indeed.com slash credit. I'm Jake Walker, Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to Alex Andrade. I'm just so happy about this other possibility. It's hard to think about anything else. Um, you and I have talked many times about the, the Baptist Project and uh, the funding for that. It, since we did appropriations yesterday, what was the landing spot for the state contribution to the Baptist Project? Oh, so it hasn't changed from several weeks ago. So we haven't started negotiating with the Senate yet. Okay. Um, because, because I didn't, yeah, I mean, it's the same. Like, I, I didn't get what I needed from the city, so I didn't put anything in my budget for that. Senator Broxton um, didn't need the same amount of, of confirmation that the city would go through with the project, so he was willing to put $5 million, um, into the budget on the Senate side for it. So, um, yeah, uh, I think, like, because I don't have to vouch for it, I'm more comfortable saying we'll take the Senate's position on $5 million and just leave it at that. Okay. Um, so that's what I anticipate I'll be doing in a couple weeks. On that note, um, I know you're aware that uh, Florida politics, which is uh, generally a pretty interesting site, it's I think one that maybe local folks don't necessarily read all that often, but certainly everybody in Tallahassee pays attention to it. It's uh, Peter Shorsh, and I always say his name wrong, so if I said it wrong, forgive me. Um, but he wrote a scathing, I mean, like fire-breathing column yesterday about how the Baptist project is a boondoggle and Baptist has neglected their, you know, their obligations and that they're taking advantage of the taxpayers and on and on and on. And I'm telling you, I read this and I thought, what in the world? That is so outside of the Tallahassee orbit. It's such a remote. I mean, it's just like I get if he's going to fixate on something that's local or statewide, but it seemed like a weird target to pick for so strong uh, an opinion piece. Do you? Do you know anything about this? You, and I'm not saying anything you said was you know factually wrong. I think it was factually accurate. I think there's a point of view that he's representing that other people also share. But where did this come from? I don't know. Um, but I, I, I have uh, a couple guesses about kind of like who's behind it. Um, because it wasn't just written. It was also, you know, it was advertised and, and published and pushed farther and farther out. So I think that there's some money behind it. I'm not sure who's this motivated to do it. I don't really know what the end angle is. I mean, from my perspective, you know, um, you know, uh, there is some responsibility to, to, to share on exactly how we got to where we are right now um, with the old Baptist campus. But at the same time, like, all I'm focused on is trying to make sure that the, you know, the, the, the vacant campus is, 
is turned over, flipped over to become beneficial to the, the community and the city. So I don't know who, who's more focused at pointing fingers, but if I had to guess, um, you know, between the three hospital systems that we do have in town, a lot of times they do like to look sideways at each other rather than the look forward and try and make progress on helping patients. Oh, well, that is super discouraging. And that's something, you know, like I, what I was thinking about this is, first of all, it's weird because like if it, it was an opinion piece in the PNJ, it'd make perfect sense. I mean, not because it's from them, but because it'd be a local issue of significance. But, you know, why is some guy in Tallahassee whose website never gets read by people in Pensacola, except for like you and me and the senator, you know, um, so who's he arguing for? You know, that was my question. Um, but if there's ad revenue promoting this piece, like you mentioned, that would sound like somebody's contributing to fund this guy, which also makes me raise questions about who's behind it. But yeah, I, I just, I couldn't figure out where it was coming from, what the point was, or, you know, who was behind it. I certainly hope it's not, you know, one hospital shooting at another hospital. I mean, I hope that's not the case because we like to think of our hospitals all getting along, even though maybe they don't always, but okay. All right. That's, um, I'll just say yikes. Um, anything else we need to know uh, before next week, Alex, any, any big things coming up on the agenda next week? Um, well, I've, I've had the, my defamation bill off my second committee in the House. Hopefully, uh, I'll hear it in the third in the next week or so. And um, same with the – I have a big ethics bill that I TP'd this week just to tack some more stuff onto it. Temporarily so, postponed. Yeah, a couple, yeah sorry. Um, <laughs> so I got a, a couple things. Uh, yeah, if you go to the State Affairs Committee this week, I didn't watch it on video, but Lawrence McClure, the chair – um, at the beginning of the committee said show House Bill 735 by Representative Andrade temporarily postponed. And um, Michelle Rayner uh, apparently audibly said, oh, thank God. <laughs> and, and Lawrence, of course, stopped, stopped the meeting and goes, oh, no, it's coming back. <laughs> and, um, and I just started cracking up laughing when I heard that story. So um, but no, I'm, Bless I'm her heart. Working, on, working, on doing, working on doing some, some stuff with that, with that bill. Um, so it'll be it'll be, I think another week or two of just focusing on policy stuff now, yeah. and then three weeks from now it'll just be just numbers, numbers, numbers. Yeah, finalizing the negotiations with the Senate for all of the appropriation stuff. Yep. All right. Well, it's uh, we're getting we're I can't believe it. We're all already getting toward the end of session, but uh, we always talk on Fridays with Alex Andrade, getting an updated on what's going on in Tallahassee. Uh, Alex, as always, thank you for the time. Thanks for representing us and uh, <laughs> doing the extra job of talking with me early on a Friday morning when you're traveling back and forth a lot of times between here and Tallahassee. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. 6.52 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home or buying another home or turning one into a rental, you know, whatever you're thinking about, if it's a real estate-related thing, talk to Christina Leavenworth. Look, she's so knowledgeable. She's so willing to meet new people and give them her opinion. And, of course, you know, she and her team at Leavenworth Realty sold 175 homes last year. That's pretty amazing. Um, one of the things, I was recently listening to her on Pep Talk, and – it's not something you necessarily love to talk about, but it is a reality that some people face. You know, um, people go through struggles in their marriage, and sometimes they don't work out. I mean, it's just true. When you have a house and you get a divorce, what do you do with the house? Well, you have to have a realtor, but now you have two people who don't get along and might have different ideas about what to do. How does one person represent them? Well, that's a challenge that she encountered a few years ago when somebody kind of came to her with that problem. And she's like, all right, well, let's learn how to do this, and let's go to classes and learn how to be neutral mediators and learn how to solve these conflicts and get people the solution that they need. So that's kind of her way of doing business, which is to, you know, learn how to do something, learn how to do it right, become great at it, go above and beyond, and then you can 
solve people's needs, whatever the problem is that they're facing. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Leavenrinky Realty. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like CMEX Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing, these are words you hear a lot about. But what exactly do they mean? How do you get started? Where do you get started? Well, you could start by tuning in to the Pensacola Expert Panel, Monday morning at 1030. Join me, Tasca King. I'll show you how to navigate the changing and fast-growing landscape of digital advertising. Monday morning at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Hi, this is Earl Ron. At New South Window, we bring the factory to you. Our windows and doors are made with quality in mind, and your products and installation are backed by our lifetime warranty. That's because New South Window knows the importance of single-source accountability. We believe in removing the middleman so you get more for your money. This is real factory direct. One company, one call, guaranteed for life. Get New South Proud. For a limited time only, when you buy more, you can save more. Visit NewSouthWindow.com to learn more. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at vfw.org. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Average per gallon of gas, 316. Florida is 315. Mississippi is 275. And California is 459. If you're in Navarre, uh, 286, I think, at the West Walmart, 287 at the Sefco up 87. If you're in Midway, 287 at the Murphy across from the foot of the Garcon Point Bridge, uh, 305 at a couple of stations in proper. In Milton, 286 at the Raceway, uh, 286 at the uh, Walmart, Murphy, the Murphy across from the Walmart, 289 going through pace. It's always just a couple of pennies more in pace. 285 on 9 Mile at the Walmart. Uh, let's see, 289 at the Raceway on 9 Mile just west of US 29. And then coming in from the southwest side, you got 283 at the Shell at Cervantes. 657, Jake's got traffic for us. Jake? Well, I'm not really seeing anything out there on the roadway slowing us down this morning. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre not showing any accidents there. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90, I don't see anything along your way there. And uh, Highway 29 south into town from Cantonment. We're looking 
good there as well. If you do see anything out there on the roadways, you can call or text our traffic tip line. That number is 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Five. Thanks so much, Jake. We got Steve Taylor in for David Wayne all this week and next week with our headlines. Steve? Well, good morning. President Biden's defending his mental fitness after a report by the Justice Department that claimed he's a senior citizen with not a great memory. Uh, He addressed the nation last night after the DOJ report cleared him of any criminal charges related to the storing of classified documents at his personal residence and disputed the characterization, claiming, and I quote, I know what the hell I am doing. Uh, former Fox News host, true. yeah, former Fox News host Tucker Carlson's two-hour interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin has been released. You see, the interview uh, was released on Carlson's website yesterday evening. It marked the first interview Putin has given to a Western journalist since the invasion of Ukraine almost two years ago. And ticket prices are surging for the Sunday Super Bowl. Can you still buy tickets? Well, see, ticket platform StubHub says it's on pace to be the most expensive Super Bowl ever, with tickets for the game uh, about eighty. on average. A spokesperson for StubHub says there's rising demand to see the match between the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. $8,600, though. Let me check my wallet. I got them all. Yeah, I got them all. I got an old receipt, my third-class FCC license, uh, but uh, not $8,600, not even $8,600. Ah, well, you're out then. It's going to be TV for you. That is right. right. Steve, (laughs) thanks so much for the update. Uh, Future news speaking of the Super Bowl. Jake, 49ers or Chiefs? Call it. Uh, 49ers. Uh, Chiefs, and then um, Travis Kelsey uh, proposes, and then uh, Taylor Swift endorses Joe Biden, and the whole world blows up. Um, will Trump be on the ballot uh, in all the other states other than Colorado? Yes. Yeah, I think the deadline might problem might be problematic for him in Colorado, because the Supreme Court's going to say he's got to be on the ballot, right? Right. Yeah, yeah that's what's going to happen. Um, and will we abolish property tax in the state of Florida? Yes. Yes, please. Local talk in the morning, 5 to 9, with Andrew McKay is on News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.